it's nothing personal for me. It's just business. The streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit, during the, the 60s in New York City. Immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which is right us. You expecting any backlash? Oh, I'm already getting it. Oh, yeah. How does that feel? Um, this is Amin Drula, a.k.a. Amin TMK, a.k.a. Amin Yahabibi. I am uh, here with my counterpart, Emoja the Mo Man Summer, a.k.a. the little tanky that could, a.k.a. I wish a motherfucker would. Exactly. But they shouldn't wish no. that you would, because that would be dangerous. This is the Exit the Matrix, the podcast. I, I'm positive um, that you came here intentionally, whether it is to get woke with us or to, you know, try to build up some information and try to take us down. Anyway. Why would, why would anyone, everyone loves us, bro? <laughs> everyone fuck? loves us? Yeah. I like, have some troll like, comments that would say otherwise. Oh, we're like that Raymond guy, bro. Everyone loves us. Or Chris. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're a little more Chris yeah. than Raymond. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right, let's jump into this thing. Let's do it. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. I think one of the things where we talk about, like, one of the things that sucks so much about American education is we don't always understand the why of, of, of how things happened, you know? So I think about, like, when we talk about World War One, right, when they talk about little powers drew big powers into contracts that, that forced war, you know what I'm saying? Like, your little brother started a fight, but, you know, can't nobody hit your little brother. Now you didn't hit this somebody else's little brother, right? Now you got seventeen brothers fighting to the sisters. Death. Yeah, motherfuckers that didn't like each other, but was like, like, hey, brother, you know it's better that we just don't do this. But now you're like legally obligated to come to motherfuckers' yeah. defense. If you if you put hands on my little bro, then it's gonna have to be violence. You know I choose violence. I choose violence. Cersei Lannister, right? Role models. Um, <laughs> I'll never go full Lannister, <laughs> but yeah. So like, it's been a, a very, uh, very chaotic week in the Middle East. Most people may or may not remember that uh, the nation of Saudi Arabia, the kingdom, has been at war with uh, Yemen for the better part of five years, and uh, they've been having big defense for uh, the 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 people that they want to win in the the Yemen conflict, and uh, they've been fighting this group called the Houthis. And truthfully, man, mostly Saudi has been kicking their ass. Like, they have bombed the shit out of that country. There's, there's famine. It's one of the biggest famines that's happening in the world. Mostly, they're losing the, the Houthi. But this week, they apparently had a big victory. Apparently, they, they launched a huge attack on a refinery and cut... Uh, Saudi oil production in almost in half. So that was 5% of the world's oil was knocked off course. Uh, and so it was a major thing, right? I mean, you're talking about tens of billions of dollars. You're talking yeah. about millions of barrels of oil per day. You you watch how the spin cycle occurs exactly how you feel like it's going to occur. You know, it's like right. we, we went from the Houthis to the United States has another agenda – and, you know, that agenda is it on. There's sort of now this, you know, convert. It, it, it reminds me a lot of 9-11, you know, in mm. the way that it's like, here is what happened, but we already have this other interest right. that we want to go after. Right. And we're going to use this incident to go after this thing. Right. And that's happened already in Congress, right? I think it was Ayanna Presley. No, it was uh, Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar. Right. When they oh, made. Back again, baby. Back again, right? Back again. Like, was like a government that would lie about a hurricane forecast can't be trusted to give us reliable information about things that could start a war. Man, that is sauce. This is what I want. I can't right. wait to talk Those more are about her. These are the kind of receipts yeah. that literally the Speaker of the House should be dropping, truthfully. Right? So when we talk about, like, why we don't fuck with people like that, these are, I mean, the, the, the same papers. Were, I mean, she literally, Nancy Pelosi is going to have access to better information than Ilhan Omar. Right? And to not say these kind of things, not to challenge this power like that. Right? And then still there's the expectation of this dogmatic adherence to Democrats. Who won't even, like, when they have the game play in their hands. But the irony to this whole play to me is, it seems like Cheeto is the one that's trying his best not to go to fucking knock with the shit. 
Because Bolton wanted the fight. This is why Bolton is out. I think that this dude is reluctant to go to war, and I think he doesn't want to go to war. Like, I, I, I just can't imagine why they're not already pushing this. Like, I know he said things like, oh, they're locked and loaded. And, yeah, he said that shit. Yeah, these kind of rhetoric. But, like, they're going to send troops now to Saudi Arabia. A handful, right? Yeah, a couple. Which is maybe, you know what, maybe, maybe that's the right solution. Maybe, I don't know. Anything to me that seems like a middle action. But to me, I think that's a hard sell because I don't see how any of that damages how about or threatens this for a the United question? States. Can I ask America? you a question? Sure. What if Hillary Clinton was in office right now? Oh, it'd already be on. It'd already be on. Yeah. Right? But all of this ties into the very next topic. Well, hold on. I, I do want to address one more thing. Oh, I do want to address one more thing when let's it comes get, to that. And that's, and that's um, the country of Yemen. And no. um, just just the amount of uh, oppressive, oppressive imperialism that is being um, enacted on them by the, um, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Mm. And uh, they're, uh, they're, of course... Um, uh, Saudi Arabia is a military power. They have the third largest spending on the military in the world, behind the United States and China. Yeah. Saudi Arabia spends more on their military than fucking Russia right now. So that should say something to you about uh, Saudi Arabia and where they purchase uh, right. those goods from. Right. And what you're doing, you're talking about is not only um, you know trying to have regime change in Yemen to fit their personal. Right. Um, and their their needs of their um their kingdom the sanctions you know I, I we always I think you have hammered this this point right. home to me like sanctions is war yeah no it's literally piracy sanctions means you take your warships off somebody's coast and you say you will interdict anything coming to this country I mean it's the ultimate bully move language it's just like change the language it's like yeah. why people it's like why the the Patriot Act oh that was a bad name. Let's name it the Freedom Act. You right. know, it's like just a stupid language. Like sanctions means war. And what Yemen is dealing with right now is mass starvation that has been occurring for years and years and years. No, on absolutely. End. It's one of the biggest famines in the world right now. Yeah. And um, I just, uh, my heart goes out to um, the people that have to exist with that because countries are playing politics that are more important than human lives. Yeah. And it's all because, right? Like, there's a, a growing Shia minority, and God forbid that happened, right? Like, I mean, so, like, and that's the thing that we don't even talk about, the fact that these are not even, like, geopolitical concerns is what's causing the war. It's literally cultural, and that's incredibly dangerous, that the entire world can be drawn in. Because, again, there's only so much damage as a country the United States will ever let happen to Saudi Arabia. And, like, we know that Iran has de- has declined they they've denied any connection right except for like the best that i've heard is maybe they're responsible for selling those systems to the houthi but i think mm. that's an incredibly dangerous precedent that america definitely doesn't want to really invoke like you know what i'm saying like that's a very dangerous precedent to invoke like whoever made this is liable i just think like where the world because i'm in where like the american population is just with going to war on like flimsy 13%. 13% is the is the 13% mm. of the American population is for a war. That, that should tell you something. That is a loser. That's a loser. That is a loser and like for whatever terrible reason, man, fucking Air Cheeto understands that shit. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. like I'm not getting and also Remember he got elected cuz he did the stuff that these dudes didn't think was uh, going to work. Right. He, right, he took right. the other route. You know, and it's crazy to me, like, I wonder if it was up to him, really, like, if we would completely have pulled out of Syria. Right. You know, like, I wonder, like, these are... Right, right. I mean, like, I'm not here to, um, of course, applaud Donnie for anything. No, no, man. I mean... I just, you know, it's important for me to call a spade a spade. Right. The truth is the truth, no matter who it comes from. This is a terrible person. Like, again, this is a person that rips children away from their parents and puts them in cages that won't provide for them access to vaccinations like all of these things are true at the same time like choosing to not invoke war is the right move even if for whatever's the terrible reason you know what i'm saying like when i'm anti-war that's what i'm at bro like but there's no real if to me the united states is not in physical danger so why should any Amer- a person that is signed up literally from from wherever walk of life to defend the american homeland 
And just this is just another point. Now we're gonna move on after this. Right. Are you cool with moving on? I'm after totally this? cool. Just something I had read today is, um, you know, the um, armed forces have been sort of worried about meeting their recruitment numbers right. uh, that they've been. Um, that's sort of been a trend over the last couple of years. Their recruitment numbers have been missing, but it looks like they have successfully recruited their uh, their quota and more. And the main reason is student loans, because yeah. ain't no jobs. So just the last thing I'll say before we move on is. You got to understand this shit is all connected. Something happens because something else needs to happen and so on and so forth. That's why everything has to come to a revolutionary mindset. Bam. What's Mm. next? We got more... Yo, so there was there was elections, yo. There was elections. Oh snap! Was Where was those snap elections, elections at? in Israel? Oh really? And uh, the what do they call him? The king of Israeli politics has been <laughs> unfrocked, dethroned, <laughs> uh, Benjamin. Yeah. So it, what's interesting to me about that, right? I feel like ben, when we talk about like the fascism that we're looking at over here, man. We're talking about the kind of tricks that BB is willing to do. I really feel like uh, he was part of the conversation about, like, let's get it popping with Iran. You know what I'm saying? And that was something that really needed to happen for him to maintain his grip on power. There wasn't... He cried when Bolton got fired, man. Oh, absolutely. He cried. Because that was his dude, man. Yep. That was definitely his man in the White House. And it was like, yo, how can, we, how can we make it pop off? Bolton is the dude. You know what I'm saying? So when Bolton had to go... Like, that's a big, again, a big part of, like, Donnie J trying to have that conversation. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do it for whatever reason, or at least thus far has not been willing to do it. So so what is it? I, I, I Even I'm sort of confused mm-hmm. now. So what does it mean? They're putting together a new government? I don't understand right, right, right. how any so of this works. The, for the Knesset, right? As a good Jew boy, me. The Knesset, the sort of... It's the Congress, it's Congress in Israel. Parliament. Right. And the yeah. prime minister actually has more power than the president. The president has power. So, like, imagine in this type of, oh, my God, this is horrifying. But if we had a situation like the Knesset, um, Donald Trump would have power. But the most powerful person would be, guess who? Who? The Senate Majority Leader. McConnell? Mitch McConnell. Oh, my God. Would be the prime minister. In a prime, so right? So you're gonna, that's essentially what BB was. Like, he was Ooh. the person is the, that you control the Knesset, you have the most seats, and you're moving the legislation through on that level. So his government, his his party, Kud, has uh, not achieved the majority. So now they don't have the right to form the government, and the next biggest party is gonna do that. Now, why this is really fucked up is. <laughs> and this is why probably hits really what a close man, to that, home. I love that laugh. That's right? like I'm about to get him man, laugh right there. Donnie J, right, has all of these possible indictments waiting out for him, but but what's protecting him is his position in office. No one's gonna pursue any charges against the president of the United States. It's just unprecedented and also it's dangerous. Like if you work for the government, you're literally snitching on your boss. You're a person that has way more power than you, institutional power. It's If nothing more, it's dangerous economically, right? To say nothing of all the other ways where that could be really dangerous. So, like, now that uh, BB is losing his grip on power, all of the indictments for corruption that he's been facing, he will not have the institutional apparatus of the government to protect him. Ooh, and that's how they gonna get him. Yes, and this but is why he's going. He's, he's not gonna go out without tooth Ed. and claw. Yeah, like he's let's ready make for a that. unity government, and the, the other the other uh, party's like, nah, bro. We in fact, yeah, we're said, not even gonna work with Likud unless y'all get rid of this motherfucker. Yeah, now nah, they've made it very clear to me. Let, let's just remember that the IDF Israeli Defense Force teaches our police. That's what all over the world. All over the, yeah, they, no, they teach people all over the world. And, and what's interesting, right, BB used to have such power, there was no way anybody would, like, but, but Putin slow rolled his ass three hours uh, last week, right? Because, like, dude wanted to have a little photo op, like, um, and look at how important I am. Putin made his ass wait for three fucking hours before even meeting with dude. So, like, you go in there and you think you can strong arm people, bro, but you don't have a heart, that, you don't have the cards that you once had. 
You know what I'm saying? And like even that conversation is interesting because you know what they're really talking about. You know, I remember we had this conversation maybe like seven months ago when the right. elections, uh, the first elections, mm-hmm. and I and I really had the feeling that he was going to stay. Right. And you know when I had the when I when I started I thought hearing they were going to get him on the last snap, man, but he pulled yeah, it off. But he yeah. can't do it but this he time. Can't do it this time. And see that whole conversation is, yo. Now we've been going back and forth over Syria, but if it pops off in Iran. What are y'all going to do? Yeah. Right? And, like, the fact that Putin is willing to make him wait three hours is telling you what we going to do, bro. Fuck around if you want to. Right? And all of that shit gets more complicated the same way that it was, uh, you know, with that first historical want, man. All of this shit is connected, bro. And you have to know that the three uh, sort of uh, American allies in that region, you know, Saudi Arabia, UAE, Israel, and UAE. Is Israel. Right. And that's why it's important to know about all of those countries and what they're doing and how they're moving. So I think, uh, you know, BB has sold that to the Israeli public really hardcore. And when uh, the rest of the Israeli populace are like, bro, you ain't even got it like that no more. They voted another way, bro. But this motherfucker, think he's been in power. Is, we talk about Putin all the time, right? BB was in power 13 years, some ridiculous four terms. Like, bro, can you imagine? Like, only one American president ever, and then they changed the fucking law so it can never happen again. Like, no one should ever have access to that type of institutional power for that long. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. But I also would say, like, when I think about, uh, like, the parliament systems and and uh, prime ministers and presidents is that we get to have more parties. Right. You know? And right, it right. seems like, you know, even in the the UK, there's... Three parties or three major parties. Yeah, you have Labour, you have the uh, the Liberal Democrats, and you have the Conservative Party, the Tories. Yeah, and in the Knesset, you're looking at about five parties. Yeah, there's a ton. In yeah. France, it'll be like ten parties, right? But in America... Wow, how many do we get in America? Two parties. Ooh. And this is where we, again, man, we do ourselves a disservice. I was looking all through Facebook, man, all this week, man. It's just crazy reading all of these people that are so despondent about the Democrats that are running. Like, nobody likes any of these people. Some people, they hate a little bit less, right? And they're all talking about the Democrat that they super hate, but will absolutely vote for, even though they don't believe in none of these people, when they literally have the power together to go and do something different, something that is literally closer to what you believe in. And they just won't. They just won't do it, and they're not ready to have that conversation. And, you know, I'm. this is, this is I think, where... I stand and where you stand and where we all stand, we are against the military industrial complex. We are against mass incarceration. We are against state violence. We are against against wealth inequality. We are against any sort of oppressive ideology seeping its way into the, our institutions and our system. And I, I, I know that it doesn't matter who is elected from whatever party those things are going to continue to you know exist and percolate throughout the United States and and throughout a lot of other places and if we and we're not ready to have a conversation about we just talked about two countries right there Israel and the UK or at least to say like those are political powers in the right. world you know what i'm saying they're not insignificant countries yeah and they get to have several parties but anytime you want to have that conversation about like oh green party or independent and you know look i i don't really care about voting i'm not here to advocate for any party i'm not i'm not either and and i'm not even here to advocate for voting honestly because i think it's Definitely some bullshit, and the amount of people that are disenfranchised from voting, but that's another conversation for another day. But just in terms of choices, I just think it's we do ourselves a disservice when we like someone like Joe Biden. There's no one I know excited about Joe Biden. No, no there's not, not one person. No one. But you're. But it's going to come a time where people are going to be so turned up to say. We have to get Trump out of office, which sounds like we have to get Bush out of office, which sounds like we have to get Bush out of office, which right. sounds like we have to get Reagan out of office. It's like, but that's the only goal now, right? The, the goal is no longer we have to get women the same access to income as men. That's not we have to, you know, stop having people put in concentration camps. It's not, you know, we have to stop having people have the right to be literally extrajudicially, like, shot dead. Like, it's no longer, you're not rocking for a position point. You're rocking against a person. 
And so, yeah, you won. That person's gone. But none of these systems have changed. And, like, give your point of, of negotiation away from the jump because to you now what victory is, you've moved the finish line. That's problematic. Yeah, but shout out to Ilhan Omar, though. Yeah. That's Respect. Dope. Yeah, she could get my vote. All right, all right, all right. What Yo. else? Um, man, we're not really going to get into styling on him, but it's one, one person we got to talk about, bro. Takashi, bro. 6'9". Six, 6'9". Nine. Six, nine. He's, uh... What the fuck with this dude, bro? He's, he's on the standpoint fingers. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, ask me. You know who Buddy Israel is? Uh, you ever see the movie Smoking Aces? I have seen them. Yes, I okay. do. Smoking Aces. Do you think Takashi 6ix9ine was really Buddy Israel, or do you think he was Donnie Brasco? Because it could have went either way, bro. Maybe he was the jump. Maybe he was the dude from the jump to be the inside man. He could have been plugged the whole time. Yeah, he could have been. Listen, I think. What do you? Okay. Do you think he's Donnie Brasco or do you think he's Buddy Israel? No. I I think that he is a young person that was interested in the clout, that fell in love with it, and basically went off into a world that that I don't know. Look, I, I, I work with young people, man. They I hate you, bro. they you know, like they you know, they they live in such a we always talk about how this is a absurdist reality and we live in a dystopia. Like I just imagine the type of psychosis or the type of just trauma of growing up within those environments, and I think that's really what got six nine, no. and everyone fed into it. Wow, really? Yes. Oh man, I love your compassion. I really do, man. It's so fuck this dude for me, bro. I know it's it is. So fuck this dude, bro. I came up in hoods, bro. Go off, man. Hey. I came up in hoods where like. People make fucking choices, bro. Like, you don't join gangs to be fucking cool, bro. You join gangs because if you don't have this brotherhood, like, literally motherfuckers that kill you, bro. Like, these are the people that live where you live, and without them, literally anybody that wanted to could come to where you live and kill you. But if people know you fuck with these people, man, it might be harder for someone to kill you. But also, just fucking with these people means some people are going to want to kill you. And it's no fucking win. When we talk about the trap, bro, way before drugs, bro, this is what we, the, the fuck we meant, bro. It yeah. was a trap. He went seeking this shit. You wasn't born in this shit, bro. Yeah. You had a little corny-ass life. You jumped into this shit. You know what I'm saying? And, like, to me, he feels like the dude in Goodfellas. You know what I'm saying? Henry Hill. Like, everybody sitting this motherfucker down, man. Motherfucking Fat Joe sat this motherfucker down and was like, bro, you wildin', bro. Like, they're a million percent watching you, bro. What the fuck are you doing, bro? He went to this shit. He was a fucking poser, a fucking wannabe thug-ass poser, jumping off in the fucking streets and inciting people to riot and violence, showing up in the fucking, you know what I'm saying, Lord Ninth, like, yo, I'm the realest nigga out here. I dare any motherfucker to show up and fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? I'll wear this rag. Like, you ain't even really about that shit. Now, real motherfuckers with you, out there trying to protect you and shit because you with the set. They can't ask no questions. You know, you the one on Instagram doing this shit to get motherfucking likes. And all of your homies is keeping these real motherfuckers off your ass. Now, you caught up like the fuck they said you was going to be caught the fuck up. And you snitching out the niggas that literally saved your ass from getting fucking chose, bruh. From getting literally tossed any fucking time this clown ass dude would have jumped out there starting this fucking shit. The motherfuckers that saved your ass, you're snitching on? Because you went out there live. No one made you do this shit. You did this shit for the fucking likes. Literally, he's sitting in a position where he has less fucking cred than fucking Martha fucking Stewart, bruh. Who took her fucking lumps. She fucking played the game, fucked up, didn't say shit, took her fucking time and came out. You can't even do that. You don't have the motherfucking chill of a 70-year-old white woman, bro. Is Martha Stewart that old? She probably is, bro, but she fine, though, bro. I would fuck with Martha Stewart. I'm, I'm, it's, it's painful to say, bro, but, like... You know she hitting that gas. She probably got that gas. For real talk, bro. And then, like, like pancakes, bro. Like, she gonna put me up. Like, I'm not, like, learning the wine game and shit. There's like, gotta be a reason her and Snoop are inseparable. <laughs> I mean, there just has to is be. Is Martha Stewart cute to you, bro? Is, am I just on one? Nah, you're not on one, bro. She could get it. She's kind of fine, bro. Yeah. <laughs> But she has more money. And, like, again, bro, if this shit go down, I feel like she might not tell, bro. Where's my wet? None of your fucking business. <laughs> 6 9 supposed to be your nigga, though. Hey, like, hey, that nigga in the closet, bro, right there, bro. Hey, I want you to know he holding, too. That nigga got a gun. Do you remember when we were talking about Hong Kong? And yeah. 
my principles still remain. I understand, man. But that's why we're that's why we're important counterparts. Fuck motherfucking snitch ass dudes, bro. You went and sought this life out. You made this shit hot for everybody. Shit blew up in your face, and you snitched everybody. Man, fuck this dude, bro. Yeah, and fuck the judicial system, man. And then he had, you know, as a southerner, man, I'm always forever stand, bro. This motherfucker had the nerve say to get on the stand and say some shit about Jay Prince. You're number one. My, he came after Jay fuck Prince. Fuck this dude, man. Ugh. I feel like we talk about. Jay Prince every episode. Man, you know what? And he deserves it. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I'm not mad. Shout out to you, Jay Prince. Much love and respect. Oh, God. All right, all right, all right. Are we right. ready to move to the next segment? Let's do it. All right. Ain't no love in the heart of the city. There ain't no love in the heart of town. Now, if you remember last week, was it last week we were talking about it this? It was, but we talk about it a lot. We talk about it a lot. We've mentioned Marilyn Mosby, the state's attorney and for Baltimore City. But I know it sort of doesn't make sense, but that's what it is. Um, we talked about her last week in regards to... The 800 uh, convictions she's trying to have undone. Right, um, because of the inherent corruption in the Baltimore police force that has been there uh, for decades and decades. They made the world's best TV show about this shit. Yes, they did. And you may know about, uh, oh, the Gun Trace Task Force, which right. they use to, like, find, you know, link a, a murder or a, shoot, a shooting to a particular gun. You know, it's a lot of different... Like not pseudoscience, you know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of that doesn't that doesn't necessarily like give you proof, you know what I mean? Right. It's just like sort of conjecture. It's data. Like, it's yeah, data. It, it's all that it is. They realized that it was like unconstitutional and they moved away from it. But what's so interesting about what Marilyn Mosby is doing is she's really going after particular officers that mm. would do things like there was a story that just came out um, through the investigations that's happening right now because the entire Baltimore police force is being investigated of literally a cop that ran over someone. Wow. Because, I don't know, that he was just making him mad or annoying him or in some capacity, ran someone over, called his sergeant, this is all documented, called his sergeant, and they he brought over a BB gun to plant on the person that he had just run over. And that's the type of stuff that's happening right now right. when it comes to the Baltimore police force. And Marilyn Mosby is going directly after these officers looking for jail time. And I just wanted to bring that back up because I know we talked about it last week. But I just wanted to kind of give her another shout out. Like, I don't applaud politicians. They're still politicians. Man, when you go hard against anti-corruption, I stand that shit, bro. Facts. Any Anything to add about about that particular thing? I know you have brought it up about it last week. Uh, it's just a person I have a lot of respect for, you know? A lot of respect for. Like, when we talk about what Democrats should be trying to brand themselves as... This is the kind of person that looks like, again, and it's not me trying to advocate or, or, or like be like, oh, this person is, you know, would be a great governor. But you would think this would be the kind of thing that a party would want to attach its kind of image to. She's young. She's a, a, a successful African-American woman, you know, in Maryland, an important state. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the demographics look really good. Like, you'd think this would be the kind of person they'd be trying to hitch their star to, right? Send her to the Senate. But anti-corruption is so scary to Democrats. It's like, she's fucking it up for us, too. Yeah, she's not going to be going anywhere. She definitely ain't going up from there. Right. That's for sure. You don't get promoted for that type of behavior. Right. Speaking of, uh, Muriel Bowser was... Exactly the kind of person they love. Exactly the type of person <laughs> that a Democrat would love Let to invite to their question, party. Let me ask you a question, man. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a fucking, I'm a fucking transplant to D.C., and I love this city, bro. I really do. City loves um, you, man. That's what's good. That's what's good. I think about, like, some of my favorite things about D.C. are, like, fucking mumbo, man. And when I think about, like, the mayor... And and the, what sums up what's just difficult for me with someone like Bowser, like, why would you ever even be like, 
mumbo is over. Like, mumbo is one of the most delicious things. I fucking, and it's such a great thing, right, for a city to be known for, right? This delicious sauce. You go anywhere. Everybody makes it a different fucking way. The shit is like magic. Nobody really knows what it is. Everybody has their own little personal favorite spot. It's just something that the city is known for, and it's a very positive thing. And it's so associated with with the people of color. Like, not just even black culture, but the Asian culture, the vibrancy, it's tied to go-go, you know, bins, all of these great quintessential DC things, and she just come out and shit on it. What's so special about Mumbo? Why? It does sum up who she is as a person. How could you not understand the demographics, and how could you not understand the importance of Mumbo sauce to the city? It's embarrassing. And look, I, I get that that's not a crime in of itself. You don't have to like mambo sauce. I mean, it's it's weird if you don't. I'm not going to lie. It's really weird. Shit is delicious. But, but people don't like chocolate, so I get it. But why come out there like, oh, 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 oh I don't. I, I, I would never. I, I prefer ketchup, you know? Like, why would you come out there and say that? But the, I think the thing about it is she was in Congress today because she was advocating for D.C. being the 51st state, which... I don't even really have a side on. I, I honestly don't really even care about being a state. It, I guess it it helps. The, it just helps the Democrats, right? Like, oh no, it absolutely does, right? And when we talk about right, so when we talk about why the Democrats, when we talk about why they're not forces for anything that's disruptive to the system, why they are in fact agents of status quo. The Democrats would have a supermajority right now in the Senate. They keep trying to win the Senate, but they can't because these these the way that those jurisdictions are drawn up and gerrymandered, right? It's always going to be deadlocked to the point whereas it's going to favor the Republicans. However, if you would have brought in DC, right? Say you even want to make sure that we don't have an odd number of states, so you bring in DC and Puerto Rico at the same time, both of those states are absolutely going to trend Democrat for the next 30 years easy. Yeah. That's four senators that you have, and right. now you have control of the Senate. Right, but the thing about the Democrats is that they're wieners. They're not bullies. Right. They should go. I mean, they're bullies to the to us. They're bullies right. to the people. Right. But when it comes to politics, they don't really have the balls that the Republicans do. They will they will destroy the entire government to get what the fuck they want. Care to say they want what the Republicans want. It's just not convenient for them to say those things. Yeah. No, you're right. So what I'm saying is <laughs> but what I'm what I'm saying is I don't give a shit about helping the Democrats. No, so absolutely. I don't give a shit about being a state. Right. My point is to see someone like Muriel Bowser out there cheerleading so hard right. for the Democrats is like it's like I see Marilyn Mosby out here straight up in putting corrupt police officers and have in jail they're doing jail right, time right, that, right like you said that is a very significant move from and getting a people that were in jail out of jail getting their records expunged the, i mean that's kind of radical shit right there yeah to the best you can you're doing rehabilitative justice i'm watching ilhan omar and all of these different progress more progressive democratic candidates mm-hmm. but in washington dc which is what ninety percent Democratic. I, oh, that's absolutely. what they always say, and and I, I'm looking. Republicans at, don't even run here, right? I'm looking at all these different mayors. It doesn't even. We aren't going to be talking about Maria Bowser. We had uh, Fenty, and we had what that was that other dude man. He looked like um, he just looked very sneaky. He had like a sneaky right. look. Uh, Gray, I think it was Vincent Gray. Mm. Yeah, you know what's this dude's last name is Gray, bro. Come wow. on, that's that's. Well, it's the same principle we were just talking about, though, right? For, like, the different countries. You know, if it's better for Israel to have three parties, you know, if it's better, you know, for for Britain to have three parties, France maybe has ten parties, right? Even in the, in the Senate, there are two main parties. In D.C., there's one party. It's always better to have more parties to break up. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the... the, the this one monolithic view of what something can be, bro. Yeah, and our Democrat, and look, and what we're given is the most generic Democrat you can find, Mario Bowser. Oh, we this president, uh, this president is uh, destroying American values. Uh, what about you know what I'm saying? Uh, education. What about women's rights? Just like really bland topics, you know. Bro, do you think she's ever been to like a school? I mean, this is probably easily verifiable, but has she actually ever been to like DC? Like public schools, like man, I don't know. I don't really. Did know. she come up? My, in my, my whole thing is, I don't know. My whole thing yeah. for her, like this is what my I feel about people. 
when you in the office and you doing, I need to see action. I need to see Facts. movement. I need to see proof in the pudding. Right. Where you came from, it doesn't matter. Now, honestly, I'm going to probably be going for someone who's a, a native Washingtonian. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I understand that they know more about the city, you know what I'm saying, than someone who's coming from the outside of transplant. But that's not necessarily my swinging vote. But what I'm saying is, bruh, we are a completely democratic area. And the best that we can do is a middle ground because she average. has no one is challenged. You have a system, you know. I mean, we don't I even have a radical Democrat. Like I don't. Have, I can't get an Ilhan Omar there up could here. Never be someone. There could never be, and because you don't have what it takes for that. Right? Is think about the laws of balance as far as nature. Like Ilhan Omar is a response to an incredibly radical right. Right? If everything is straight up down the middle, there is no reaction because it's inert. You yeah. can't have something that's that radical in a system like D.C. where literally it's a machine. You know, it's like if you – when they showed it in The Wire for Baltimore, bro, it's a million times more a Democratic machine in D.C., bro. No, you're right. I still – yeah, I still hate it, though, man. The last I time y'all had a, a radical Democrat would have been... Uh, Come um, on, mayor for life, Marion Barry, man. Yeah, Let Mary me tell you, Barry. I realize why this city, like, you can have a mayor that was, like, set up by an alphabet organization for, right. you know what I'm saying, crack or whatever it may be, and have an entire city still yearn for the days of Marion Barry, you know what I'm right. saying? Because he was such a politician for the people, and he really right. kind of rejected this new idea of Washington, D.C., which is uptown, which is gentrification, which is a heavy police. Like, I'm not saying that Marianne Barry was perfect, but you got, I mean, just to go back, what, 20 years ago and to, right. to have a politician like that and then to juxtapose that with Muriel Bowser. Yeah, at the same time in Chicago, man, we, we had, uh, you know, we had uh, Harold Washington, you know, who was a very important, powerful black mayor who, uh, I mean, they didn't even dirty him, bro. He, <clears throat> died. Yeah. In Damn. the city hall. Not playing around. Died. Hey, okay, hold on. Can we move <laughs> on, man? Can we can we talk about something good, man? Yeah, man. Hey, so we just uh last week, man, we went to art all night, man. Shit was bananas. It was bruh. crazy, man. You know what though, man? I mean, I know we can't take credit for it, but I think uh, you know, just a little bit they heard about how dope our fucking picnic was and they're like you know we just got to keep the spirit going yeah no totally right man totally right you know it's so interesting man like once you really get past you know what i'm saying the anacostia river bro when you yeah, you cross that anacostia river is, bro. you know i've been going to art all night for years man years and years it's one of my favorite events that the city puts on and if you don't know what art all night is if you're not in the washington area which many of our listeners are not that's unfortunate but you should come because it's a free decadent expose of all the art the city offers you know is go-go it's it's painting it's it's just everything yeah galleries music so many so many cool things so many cool people man but you know the more and more i kind of go uptown the more and more i'm just like this kind of looks like manhattan you know, like, That's not, real. not the buildings. I'm That's just talking real. about the people involved. Right, right, right. You know, and like, look, man, I'm not here to hate on anybody, but, you know, these people are gentrifiers. I mean, if you could kick it, bro, wouldn't you want to kick it a stone throw from where Frederick Douglass lived? Yeah, no facts. A I totally... fucking stone throw from boy, the lion of Anacostia. Yeah. Is Yo, you kidding? got you, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Agitate, son. Bro, Black Alley is such a good band. And like oh. they can crank, I just feel like they could crank anywhere in the world, bro. And just that vibe out there. And it's like every time I go out there for art all night, bro, it's like twenty people I haven't seen since no, the last art right? all night. And it's all my favorite artists, bro. I'm running into all of the homies and shit. It's such a great opportunity to get up with all of the fam that you love and just don't get to see all the time. And everybody out there, how, bro. How many people would you say is in the streets, bro? Everybody's in the streets, man. Everybody, the whole, the whole joint is in the streets. Thousands of people, at least oh, hundreds of people in the streets, just listening oh, to music. Was thousands, Turn bro. the fuck up, bro. Yeah. yeah, and man, it's just such a good vibe out there. I just want to tell you, man, like this city. I, I know it's some it's beautiful a, things that DC does, bro. It it really is, man. And you have to understand, not just beautiful, magical. What was happening at Congress Heights is magical, and what like goes on in the city is magical. And that's why I get so upset when I have to like have a conversation because guess what? Not does it, it doesn't just say art all night anymore. It says Muriel Bowser presents right. art all night. You know, and it's just like did she get up and sing, bro? Did she dance? Is she I don't know if she did anything. She probably didn't even go. She probably was like, yeah, we got to be there. Open it up at seven o'clock, 
And then I got some white people to meet. You know what I mean? Or I got some developers to meet. That's what she said. She said, oh, yeah, we're going to try to develop over here in the south side. Let's just uh, hang, chill over there so I can look at this development site. And that's just why I get so upset, man, because the city deserves better. It's all about a failure of imagination, bro. But the artists, we are the ones that imagine a new world. Imagine if it was art all night every night. That's the world that we trying to bring, bro. Good fucking utopia where people just love each other, man, and fucking share. I think... Like, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, let's plead with them, bro. That's what I'm saying. I think that's going to get right into the next. We're going to plead with the people, man. Hey, give me my brother's ball back. No, 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 no. Hey, man, give me my brother's ball back. Oh, I said, give me my brother's ball back. Before what? Hey, yo, so um, this is plead with the people. And this is pretty much where me and Mo Man just say, hey, you know what? We can be... Um, we can be uh, braggadocia at times. We can be a little coarse at times. But there, we just really care about human beings and, um, you know, be, becoming better people and, and living a utopian lifestyle and, 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 and methodology, you know. So this is our segment just to say, hey, we really want to plead with you and tell you that this is a thing that you should care about or you should learn or you should unlearn and so on and so forth. Is, is that a, do you feel like that's a good explanation? Absolutely. So what I wanted to talk about today, and we've talked about this before, is the Sackler family. And the Sackler family, family that owns an organization called Purdue, not the chicken, the pharmaceutical company. This is for the pharmaceutical company that invented Oxycontin. Now, let's assume that someone doesn't know what Oxycontin is. Compare and contrast the strength of Oxycontin with, say, morphine or heroin, if you can. Essentially what Oxycontin did is it gave the user a like a time released a time released disbursement of the medication or whatever, okay. you know. So that was really good because it allows someone to take one pill for the day and then they're good. You're thinking in this one pill is a shot of heroin, or not heroin, but you know, like a shot right, of... Right, right, right. So it's that, that opioid, powerful. Okay. That, right. So you're talking about every single four hours, you're having that type of release of right. the opioid into your system. Right. Okay? That was revolutionary at the time. The thing about Oxycontin, though, is if you shave a coating off and you turn it into a, a base or a liquid, you can take all of that we talked about how many doses, like six different doses. Right. And now you're putting that directly into your bloodstream. Oh, so it's like doing a whole lot of heroin. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're doing it in that regard. And the thing about opioids, I'm sorry, the thing about the Sackler family that sets them apart in this particular narrative that we all know about opioids destroying the um, minds and souls and bodies of human beings on this planet. It's, it's a time... I mean, this is literally when we talked about the Hong Kong story, right? The Boxer Rebellion was all about the British pumping opium into China. It's so a, you're talking about a, someone who has the legal right to create a pro, uh, product that is an opium-based derivative. Right. I am not only the person that is selling this. I am the person that is inventing this. And I'm paying for the science for it to happen. And it's the same thing. And, the, and this is what the Sackler family is being sued. And what is in you know the paperwork and when they're digging and investigating is uh, the same business model that the cigarette companies had are the type of business model that they had, which is a business model of addiction. And that this whole the, – the, they understood the market – and they understood what it could um, produce because this drug was so incredibly addictive. Yeah, bro, it's a, it's a big thing. I mean, like when we think about like Breaking Bad, right, how it is all this meth culture. I remember back when Justified was the thing. And the whole thing was this was a U.S. Marshal dealing in Kentucky, dealing with the Dixie Mafia that's out there slanging Oxycontin because they called it hillbilly heroin. Like, so like... The whole thing is like it's not even like people don't know that this is truly a product that's very dangerous. So if they knew that and they're literally prioritizing wealth over humanity, that has a negative impact on the society. It has repercussions that that I think are 
so essentially what's happening right now with the Sackler family is they're being sued. They just lost a lawsuit. But what happened is they filed for bankruptcy bankruptcy right before the lawsuit. So by some court ruling, they only have to pay the interest of what they were given. It was $3 billion lawsuit. Now they only have to pay the interest or some capacity like that. I don't have the full thing. Do your own research. Um, but what I'm saying is, okay, so this is, you asked me, the, y- the audience, the listener, y'all not going to know what I'm talking about, but you asked me why Ariana Grande was in right. this part, and this is what I'm going to bring Ariana Grande in. She recently had an interview in which she called for the person who sold Mac Miller the drugs that ultimately oh, killed him. right should be, you know, like, dealt with, like, jailed. You know, I kind of was listening to that and thinking, like, just how violent that is. And we were talking about, like, white women, like, using the law to be violent in that that regard. They outsource the violence. You know, I I, I just don't understand. Like, okay, Ariana, like, I get where you're coming from. This is a micro. This is a personal situation with you. But, like, who you should be pointing the finger at and who should we all be pointing the finger at is people like the Sackler family and the people that, like, enable what they do. Right. Well, when we talk about, like, authoritarian China, right, like, these were the things that Mao was famous for. Mao would go to someone like this, uh, an opium lord. He would give them the opportunity to be re-educated in the camps. Again, I'm not saying this is uh, a wonderful thing, but it's still the very fact that you're talking about a camp, Right, a re-education camp as opposed to prison, which is not about rehabilitation at all. It is about exacting a punishment, right? And if you don't, if you don't make good, like these were the kind of people that when people talk about state violence in China, these are the people that would be executed in China. A family like the Sacklers, like in, in Mao's China, because that's, when you remember what happens with Taiwan, and again, I'm not advocating for any of these things. I'm simply talking about the differences between these forms of government. When we talk about who the violence happens with, right, that's who we're talking about. We're not talking about a dealer. We're talking about the manufacturer because and that's why you have Taiwan. The manufacturer. Thank right? you. I've Taiwan, been searching for that. Right. Can I just tell you I've been searching sure, for that? Sure, thank you. Dealer, manufacturer. Right. Is like, who buy? The, well, who I mean, buy? <laughs> right, Rage right. Against the Machine, right? Fuck a G-Rod. I want the machines that are making them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of game has always been out there, you know? But, like, the, Taiwan, the People's Republic of uh, the, the of China. Uh, no, it's the Republic of China, not the People's. But, any rate, the one that came essentially from General Chiang Kai-shek. Those guys were the opium dealers, man, that Mao was kicking out of the fucking country. Like, and so again, right, you have to look at who the state uses force against, I think is always an interesting thing. They're being fined here, and they're not even paying the fine. This, okay, so brings me back to Ariana Grande's Ariana Grande. on Mac Miller's, um, uh, the person who sold Mac Miller the drugs that ultimately killed him. Uh, should be, you know what I mean, like reprimanded, should be punished in some regard. People are out here committing crimes basically because of circumstance. Like, we need to acknowledge that. And as a person who has been affected deeply by opioids and, you know, um, you know, those type of substances, you know, in my life, it's and being around people who sold drugs and being someone who sold drugs myself, like, you really see, like, kind of a dirty part of humanity, but it's still humanity, and it's still people just trying to make it. If you really view those type of people as the people that should be reprimanded, but you don't have that same passion and that same energy for a, a Sackler family, you know, the a bil- billionaires, real-life billionaires, then how can I kind of trust what you're talking about? That's the macro versus the micro, what, what we were talking about last podcast. Right. And why isn't every Democrat calling for the enforcement of this, right? If you're, for res- uh, if you're for regulation, these are the kind of people that are supposed to be regulated. Like, they've already worked tort reform to fucking death where you can't even get anything from the people that hurt you, right? So now you finally win, and they still find a way to cheat. I just think it's, it's a horrible thing because in America, we don't think about someone like the Sacklers as bad people. We think about them as captains of industry, but at the same time, the same society holds Pablo Escobar as a thug, as a terrorist, as a murderer. He sold coke. These guys sell opium. Do you see how that's not different 
you know. So this is where this is the segment is called "Plead with the People," and this is my plead with the people. Um, and we talked about this last week, and then we talked about. I think this came out when it came to talking about um, six nine. Stop blaming the people. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, everyone has interpersonal relationships. Everyone has people that they dislike. Everyone has a, you know, a million different reasons why you shouldn't rock with so and so. And, and a lot of times, those are substantiated claims. You know, there are reasons why you shouldn't fuck with people. But at the end of the day, you can't be looking at the person that sold Mac Miller's drugs as the evil empire. Right. That's not the person that we should be focusing on. Right. Whether you want to judge its morality is what what you want to do. But the, the the main thing, the revolutionary ideology and that viewpoint is to come over here and worry about systems. That's who we can blame. Systems. People are bad. People are bad barometers, you know what I'm saying, for 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 a lot of things. Look, live in the macro and and believe and trust in the people and don't blame the people. All I got for y'all this week is um be unafraid to really believe in the things that you believe, but always interrogate why you believe them. You know what I'm saying? Like the worst thing on earth is like to learn something by rote. Like you hear it, you say it, that becomes a mantra, and then you don't question the mantra. That mantra becomes a belief, right? But then also there's the other side where like you say these things that you believe, but you don't really believe them. I want you to believe the things that you believe in, man. I just want you to really think about why you believe them. Question when you started believing them. Ask yourself, are they still worth believing? Like, you know, if you're six years old, it's okay that you believe in Santa Claus. If you're 56 years old, you might have to ask yourself why you never allowed yourself to question this belief, if that's what you still believe or how you came to believe it. There's a lot of things that we believe that are just as silly as Santa Claus. Like, if you've grown, you shouldn't really believe these things anymore. You know what I'm saying? So just give yourself the freedom to believe things for real. But at the same time, investigate why you believe it. Yeah, um, something that my um, very good friend Jackson, who I talk about often, uh, you know, taught me really is, you know, sometimes you really just do have to sit with your thoughts and what you think and what you've gathered from the information that you've gotten for the day or the week or, or what it is. And sometimes I feel like, especially me and you can do this, I know, yeah. just downloading information all the time, all the time, all the time. And you it, you can't really sometimes shape your own viewpoint of things because you're gaining, you're getting you so sort much information. It, yeah. You got to sit down and you got to have that, you know what I'm saying, space for you to sort things. And, um, you know, I think that's important too is like we move forward. Like ever so often, like, Take those moments you have to take and go, I believe this thing, why? Like, just what you were saying, like, interrogate it for yourself in that moment with no other viewpoints or no other opinions around, just kind of looking within. And do that with everything you believe. Because sometimes it makes sense to believe something at some time. But sometimes life changes and you learn something else, man. It's okay to move on with better information, man. We should always be after better information. We should not see that as a challenge to, like... Because we didn't make any of this information. We're digesting this information. So when the information gets better, it's only to the advantage of us to allow our information and understanding of that information to change. And it should change what we believe. For sure, man. Hey, I want to just acknowledge that we're shooting this podcast a little, a lot later than we usually shoot, like in the morning. Because knowledge like, is happening at all times at of the all day. At all times. So like we... <laughs> <laughs> we're, I know we've kind of had this like very introspective tone for the last like uh, fifteen minutes of conversation, but um, it's just because we're a little tired, y'all. We're still happy, we're still joyous. We just, you know, we love y'all and we want you to love y'all. And facts. if you get to working up to loving us, we with that too. Yeah, uh, Matrix Podcast on Instagram. Uh, send us your thoughts, your ideas, what you might want us to cover at Exit the Matrix Podcast at Gmail dot com. Any parting words? Yo, man. All right. Uh, Bang. Cue the music, baby. (laughs) Cue the music.